This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Another episode of Sporting Max. Thanks to Bastion GRP for all your special needs in recruiting, engineering, and construction. Go to bastiongrp.com.au. Today, joining me on the show is the one and only The Bachelor, the legend Felix von Hof. Felix, it's great to have you on. Woo! I'll tell you what, the last time I did this, I reckon we were just doing it over we Zoom. We just on Zoom. I think it, it was. It was nice chill. I think you had the big mo going. I had you the didn't big have, mo. You had the big mo. And it was the night. It was the day after Melbourne Cup Day. It was. Yes, which yeah. you can imagine the condition that I was in was maybe a little <laughs> dustier yeah. than I would have been on most. But now we got sponsors. We're in the big studio. The, the rise of the Sporting Max. That's right. That's right. How's it been going, Bachelor? Finished up Sunday <laughs> night. It's going great. Look, it, it, it was definitely a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster from. When we filmed that final episode, which was six months ago, now there was a scene in there where they had the little clap thing yep. and people saw the date and they were like, 2022? Yeah. so many people think it's filmed live, exactly, but it was filmed, yeah. the final episode was filmed six months ago from, so from then until now, it's just been this absolute roller coaster. And I'm someone who needs to be doing something all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And obviously with contracts and stuff, you can't really do too much between the final episode, especially for someone who works in the media, yeah, yeah. you can't do too much between the final episode and then the actual airing yeah. of that final episode. So I was sort of stuck. Yeah, I was yeah. sort of keeping it low key and all of that sort of stuff. So that was the most annoying part for me. Yeah, absolutely. What about the start of The Bachelor? What was it like when you first get to the Gold Coast? Uh, it was crazy. And it was still during the time when everyone was scared of COVID. Did you have an idea who the guy, other bachelors were? At well, that so we we'd met about probably a week previous to actually getting there. Yeah. So we'd met a week previous. We had this big board meeting about, hey, this is sort of what to expect with filming. You have all the you know the sexual consent chats yeah. and all of that sort <laughs> of stuff. They just you cross the eyes and uh, dot the t's. Then we went back to Melbourne, sort of say our goodbyes to family and all that sort of stuff. And we still couldn't tell anyone that we were going on the show. Yeah. That was the craziest part. Even your mum and dad. Well, my mum and dad yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anyone, but yeah, I told them. Yeah, yeah. But for everyone else, like, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I digress quick, but I told everyone at work that I was going over to New York. So I was well, going on a well, holiday well, over to New I York. I up to a Melbourne Tigers game to commentate one day, and it's got down on, like, the player sheet, Felix Von Hof in a stay and I'm thinking, oh, this is yeah, this yeah. a bit interesting. Yeah, I've said I've gone off to New York and then I think three days after being there it got leaked yeah. that I was the bachelor. And then everyone <laughs> I got back and my everyone phone was just up. blown oh, on New York. New York, you idiot. New yeah. York. And um yeah, all of that. But no, when we got there we all spent a bit of time in a house together as well. It was about three days beforehand because I think they did want, you know, a bit of camaraderie mm-hmm. between the guys. So they wanted us to get along, which was great because we got along extremely well but yep. yeah that was the thing and it was also the they were so scared of someone getting COVID because the amount of money that Warner Brothers puts into creating this mm-hmm. if you get COVID and you're on the sidelines for seven days filming has to stop for seven days yeah but you've still got to pay everyone you've still got to keep the cameras there you've still got to rent the the accommodation and everything so it's probably if you get COVID it's going to cost the company about a million dollars yeah absolutely so very, a lot of masks and sanitizing. It felt like really? we were back in the middle of 2020. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. What about the batch pad yourself? What oh. about when you, you rock up to that joint? There's obviously Thomas, I think Thomas mentioned it in one episode. You know, he's getting used to that, you know, lounge room with the pool right yeah. next to it. <laughs> no, it was definitely having to move back into the ground floor wasn't as fun. 
getting back home. But no, that was absolutely amazing. But the, the one thing that was crazy about it was it was a live set. Mm-hmm. So we were living on a live set. So sometimes there would be something being filmed somewhere else and you had to be quiet in here. So you never really got that break. Yeah. The best thing about your home and, and where Carol's you live. always rolling. Yeah, you're, you're able yep. to, to leave and go and, you know, just relax. And for us, there was always something going on. People were, you know, at one point I'm lying in my room, in my bedroom, and I wake up and there's someone changing the set dressings on the side. And it's like, <laughs> oh. Like it, it was it was really sort of off-putting that you had no sort of proper privacy. And I, and I think if they do decide to go forward with the show again, which I think they may do, um, one of the big things would be that they even mentioned was let's make sure that the guys are actually living somewhere where, you know, art design aren't just walking through and there's, mm-hmm. you know, makeup just coming in and setting everything up while you're there sleeping. So I think that'll, that would, that'll be a big change if they do go forward with it. So what was it like then, obviously, when you see the start of The Bachelor and there's all the previews and trails and everything, the first scene's you shooting a basketball. Oh, shock. <laughs> shock horror. Shock horror. Basketball. Basketball player. And it's like pro basketballer, Felix Von Ho. <laughs> a bit of a stretch, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm going, oh. yeah, all right. I, yeah, can, yeah. I, can, I can get a grasp on this. Oh, God. It was funny because I, I always make fun of my pro basketball career. Mm-hmm. Like I had a great junior career, I had a great college career, but, you know, I had no real interest in playing professional basketball. When I came back, it was, geez, I don't, where do I get a job? Where can I get, where I, yeah. where can I get some money? Well, at least I can do it you know, playing basketball and, that, and that'll fill my time up. It was never the be all and end all. And when they're putting these packages together, you would have thought that I was Chris Golding. You would have thought yeah, that I was absolutely. the, I was the best player on earth. You know, he, he gave up his pro basketball career. It's like, <laughs> I wasn't going to get a job <laughs> anywhere. It's much easier to say retired than it is fired. Yeah. So I'd rather say that, oh yeah, I retired at a young age. Like I probably couldn't have got a job at another team anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it, you word these things. Then once you start getting, you, you're getting going and they really wanted the, the ex-jock sporty guy, you get stuck in this thing where I oh, tell us more about how hard that was to, to stop man. playing you're, basketball. You're yeah, I was like, oh, Felix, oh yeah. geez, it wasn't, wasn't that hard. <laughs> I, was, I was quite happy to duck out. Mm-hmm. What about the blind dates? Obviously, you see them in a different oh. order as to what they happened. Who was your first blind date? Oh, God. My first blind date was... Oh, I've forgotten the name now. I'm joking. It was, it, it was the girl who walked out on the first um, on the on the reveal you? night. No, 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 no. no, no. You, you, I've got to I've got to go through the list of people yeah. that walked yeah. out. <laughs> no, it was um, oh, not Abby. God, there was you met so many people through this process, and it's been so long since. And you know, unfortunately, I only met this girl for such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So the name uh, escapes me here. But yeah, she was the one that walked out on the reveal night because it was all just a bit much Yeah, on that night. But that was the first date. And it, that was one that we were most nervous for because luckily that was a yes. Yeah, It was the no's. The yeses were easy because mm-hmm. you walk in there, you have a great time. It's the no's that were terrible. Like having to say no to someone. It's like I was sitting there like, who the hell am I to say no to you? Yeah. That was my issue. Like, Did why you get do... any girls say no back to you? No, I didn't. I didn't no. because as much as they edited me into a monster, we actually <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a good time. We had fun on these dates. So that was the uh, that was one of the annoying parts about the end result. But um, no, 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 no. The, the dates themselves were actually fun because I think all of the pressure was on the girls. Yeah. That's how it was because they were the ones. I'm sitting there and it's – you know, the chances are I'm not going to be rejected, but that's it. If you put yourself out there, mm-hmm. you're a bit young. Yeah, but yeah. once you start going on proper <laughs> dates, 
to get that fear of rejection is incredible. And to put yourself out there on national TV to a guy that you don't even know, like a lot of the girls may not even like, may not have even liked me at all on those dates, but then to have me say no on national TV is, is a tough thing to take. Yep. So I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give more credit to the girls for putting themselves out there and doing that. And especially because it's not just walking up on a red carpet and giving a rose. Yeah. This is putting yourself out there, something you enjoy doing, something that's a big part of your life. And then some big lanky idiot like me says, oh, I don't feel a connection. Mm-hmm. No, get out of here. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, and when you mentioned you don't feel a connection, what's that like when you have to, you know, not offer a rose? In oh. some circumstances, you know, you see Jed just get up sometimes, maybe just walk out. And yeah. that's, kind of, that's kind of what you have to Yeah, have well, to the, do the funny thing wanna... was I sort of said originally in the first one, I was saying like I was, I was letting people down really softly saying, yeah, yeah. hey, look, unfortunately you are a fantastic girl. Yeah, You are absolutely fantastic, but it's just I'm not feeling anything here. And I was doing that. And then I was told, oh, you have to do it a bit harsher. Like you've got to say to them, like, oh, do you think there's anything here? So it's and scripted. No, no, no. They it's were just scripted. saying, look, it's it's it wasn't. They didn't give me any words to say or anything like that. It was just they wanted it to be a bit more because obviously a bit more reality TV, a style. bit more reality yeah. TV style. And and the annoying thing there for me was it was at that point I think oh, okay they they probably want me to be a bit of a dick here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that that was the annoying part where I'm like okay they they definitely want me to be a little bit more brutal with this. Yeah. Whereas the other guys aren't like that. So yeah. it's, I sort of got. I did get a little. Felix is the bad guy. Yeah, I I did get a little bit worried at that point that that was how it was going to go. But again, at the end of the day, you can never sit here and claim bad edit Mm. because anything you say, sometimes, okay, there were things that were used in a different context that I wasn't happy with. Yeah. Definitely wasn't happy with it. It was used in a different context and I was thrown under the bus as the bad guy. And, you know, they did sub out a huge amount of laughter and fun that we had to make me look terrible. Like that that sort of guy. uh, But there is still, at the end of the day, you know, I was the one that kissed. Silly in the, in front of everyone. Like, like I did that. Yeah. And that was what most people were most annoyed about. So I, I can't sit here and claim bad edit, but it was definitely, they saw that and exacerbated a huge amount of other stuff and exaggerated mm-hmm. a huge amount of other stuff. Well, there's one moment that pinpoints that sticks out. And I think you were talking to all the girls at one stage. I think there might've been eight or nine of them left. <laughs> and you're standing there in front of them and it's like, well, I've got to deal with all of this crap. And he's like, and you're like, so when I've got my opportunity that comes up, I'm going to take it. And it's, you're yeah. like, it's being rude to the well, it other is. person. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I still stand, and still to this day, I stand by those, those comments that it's very hard to be able to progress a relationship if you just ignore any intimacy. Now, where I'm wrong in that regard is, okay, as the bachelor yourself in that extremely niche situation that is being in a relationship with that many women, yes, you probably need to hold back on that intimacy when there's people watching. Yeah. But I'm still not in a private setting, for example, with Tilly in the pool, in a private <laughs> setting, I'm still going to explore that mm-hmm. that stuff. Because I think the one thing that people forget during this sort of situation, you've always got to remember the voice on Twitter is a very loud minority. Yeah. It's it's a very <laughs> loud minority. So you you got to be very careful taking in what people say on a... Twitter, but yeah, at the end of the day, you do in that incredibly niche situation of dating at, at that point, it was about nine women at one time. You've sort of got a, oh, we got Huey at the back, do we? No. <laughs> We've got a couple of people watching. <laughs> you, you, Watch you out do, the bachelors in yeah, town. Yeah, I know. You've just got, you've got to be careful with that. And I think people forget that online that 
you know, I'm not someone who dates. I'm not someone who who goes out and gets into those settings. Mm -hmm. So it's a very new setting. And yes, that was something I learned through the process, If which I can guarantee I never will run into that situation in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So now the ex whole experience in total of The Bachelor, there was an on-screen chemistry and bromance between yourself, Thomas and Jeb. What was that like? Oh, they softened it. It was huge. We were, uh, the, the one thing that I got out of this, apart from, and remember, I've got a great relationship with a lot of the girls, yeah. even from other groups. You know, Bella from, from uh, Jed's yeah, group yeah. is just one of the funniest human beings on earth. Even, you know, Abigail, Jess, I've got a good relationship with, with all these girls. Not that they would want you to believe that. <laughs> they, <laughs> they would not want you to know that. But um, no, the, Jed and Tommy, even now, I spent yesterday almost the whole day with Jed, two of my best friends. And, and the cool thing for me is that, you know, I've got a... While I, I believe it is a small portion, a lot of people just enjoy the drama of the show because they watch it for a TV show. Yeah. But there's a portion out of their people out there that don't like me at all. They think, oh, God, he's a, he's a dick. He's yeah. this, he's that. And it's a, you know, I, I cannot stress how much I care less about those people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having people that know, there's only three people that know exactly what that experience was like. Mm -hmm. And that's myself, Jed, and Tommy. Even the girls were in a different house, a different setting. We had so much fun in that house. I'll tell you what the best content for the entire show would have been. The content from the car that drove us from the rose ceremony yeah. back to the, <laughs> the hotel. <laughs> that was some of the wildest conversations and, and the most fun I reckon that I would have had and the hardest I would have laughed, especially at some of Jed, Jed's comments through that period. Really? Was, I was like, you know when you get a stitch when you're laughing? Yep. You would laugh so hard at some of the stuff, because we just get in and you just have to decompress. Yeah. You know, it is such a stressful environment having, mm -hmm. you know, you've got girls that say, oh, I'm not getting enough attention. And you, know, you, you have to, you have to show that attention. And then you've got girls that, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily feel that strongly for that. You still have to go in there and, and make them feel noticed and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And there's a lot of that stuff that they miss out on camera, mm -hmm. but you, you've still got to be doing that. So you get in the car and you're just like, oh, just Ugh. let it, let it just all out. Just let it out and just talk. And there's the poor... The poor driver there, just some production interns just driving the van, like, what on earth is going on back there? Yeah. So do the drivers at that point in time know you guys, as in other bachelors and going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're across it. So the drivers would usually be what they call runners. Yeah. And the runners, are they help with coffees. They get all this other stuff. But sometimes we would be stuck with the runners for like two hours. Because mm -hmm. there's something they say in this, in this reality TV stuff that's called hurry up and wait. Yeah. So we would be told to hurry up, hurry up, hurry. We gotta go. We gotta go. And we get somewhere. We wait there for two hours before we'd start filming. And we're like, "What? Well, why did we have to hurry? Why did Why did Helen <laughs> have to do my makeup in two seconds? Because we were told to hurry. And that's just how it is. They want you mm -hmm. there on set, ready to go. And then you're like, nothing's even set up. What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. Hurry up and wait is one that you get used to in that reality TV world. What's the longest you've had to wait on set before cameras start rolling? Uh, the longest, I believe, on reveal night. Really? So the first night, we were told, hurry up, hurry up, quick, 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 go. Seven hours. Really? We were waiting there for, I think it would have been legitimately seven hours in what Did we you get were... to talk to any of the girls? Oh, no. No? So there's no conversation with girls off camera. because really? and, and it makes sense because they don't want to miss anything. Yeah. You know, the girls, they, they don't want to miss. What happens if I, I go up to Jess... And then she says, oh, I've got a boyfriend off camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? All hell breaks loose. And yeah. it's like, what are, they, what are they possibly doing? So, no, it made perfect sense. It was annoying at times because a date would end 
and then you would want to, <laughs> a date would end and you, you would want to keep talking, but then you wouldn't be able to. So th yeah. that was a bit of an annoying part, but it made total sense as to why they'd have to do that because the viewer needs to see everything that goes on. All right, so Tash comes back oh. into, into, into the picture late <laughs> in the show and the first person who walks in and sees Tash is yourself, followed by Jed and then Thomas, obviously, and you've walked around the corner and just, get out. Oh, that's, God, that's yeah. That's the first words. And I'm, I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm in hysterics. From one and, villain to another villain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and then Tom Thomas is all like sticking by yourself and Jed, yeah. in that sense, too, because you and Thomas there are like, well, we don't want, you know, trouble amongst the thing with groups. so so when Tash and and in Tash's defence, I didn't see too much of what went on, what she did because mm -hmm. I wasn't in the house, yeah. and you know, Tash to me was always always nice, so I I, I can't speak negatively uh, on Tash, but all I know is that when Tash left. The house was a much happier place <laughs> with the with the girls in there. So, I think it was because she was, you know, she liked to stir up a bit of drama, which yeah. is which is fine. It's, it's TV. We, yeah. That's that's one thing that people have to remember with this is, you know, people are going to come online and say this person's the worst human being ever. People watch TV, reality TV, because of the villains and the drama that happens on it. You look at Maps. You take out all the villains; it's of no interest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Maps is the best show because, in my opinion, they do it the best. Mm -hmm. They bring out these incredibly hateable characters, but people forget that at home and they think that none of this is edited and it's all one hundred percent. So, yeah. I think that's that's one to keep in mind, especially with um, Tash, who was copping quite a bit online. But yeah, as soon as she walked in, I thought, oh. We've finally gotten, especially because I'd been on the receiving end of, you know, a lot of rah, rah, rah yeah, yeah. during it. But um, I thought, God, it's finally like, you know, it's this relaxed environment. I knew Jed had spoken with us about how Tash was someone that mm -hmm. in the past, he would always, you know, gravitate towards that sort of dramatic sort of yeah. stuff. And he was, he was at that time falling for Elysia, who was the opposite to that. Yeah, I mean, Elysia is an absolute angel. And yeah. I was like, oh God. And he was... Jed would be telling us every night, he loves this girl. He loves this girl. And we'd be like, oh God, don't you mess this up, Tash. Mm -hmm. Don't you mess this up. So that's why that sort of reaction was there. Yeah, right. That was that was a pinpoint. Oh, yeah. In the, situ in the situation. That was, go, Jed. Yeah, go, go, Jed. <laughs> go, Jed. Absolutely. Now, I want to get a, people and viewers of The Bachelor and things like that to get a deeper understanding yeah. of yourself. So when it comes down to business, basketball... What was that like when you go over to the U.S. and play college? Oh, God, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I always say to people... It was four years, wasn't it? Four years, yeah. yeah. And I always say, aside from the basketball, like, you know, I was lucky I got into a great basketball environment and I was playing. I had a coach that let me shoot 16 threes in a game. Yeah. Yeah, good <laughs> luck finding a coach that will let anyone apart from Ja Morant yeah. attempt that many <laughs> shots. But um, Aside from that, it was the things that I remember about it, uh, the off-court stuff. And that's not partying and doing all that. It's just, you know, traveling to New York with your mates when you got a week off. Yeah. Stuff like that. And, and that's the cool thing you can do in America. You can travel to all these places. not going like from Melbourne to Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit lackluster. Yeah. <laughs> in, no, no offense to the brown snake, but it is a little bit lackluster compared to what you can do in America. And, and even when I have kids, I would want them to go to school, to go to college, high school over here. Yeah. We're not going to high school over there because, yeah. you know, a bit of bang, bang. Da, 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 yeah. da, I don't want any, I don't want any of that <laughs> no, nonsense. No. I don't want any of that nonsense. In college, <laughs> it seems to peter out a little Settle bit. But bit. yeah, I, I think the experience in college, the, you know, whether it be the Greek system, sport, 
mm-hmm. intramural sport. Like, you know, you, you've joined the, joined the hockey team. A uh, fun side did you, note did there. Did you join hockey? No, a fun side note is that my mates put my phone number on one day. They had all these posters up on the wall where you could sign up for like the local sports. Yep. They put my number on every single one of them to the point where I had to go to AT&T and have my number changed <laughs> because I would be getting a text message every 10 minutes. So it was probably 200 different activities you could do. Wow. Rock climbing, parasailing, <laughs> chess, and everything like that. And I was just getting a message every two minutes going, Hey, Felix, so glad to have you join <laughs> the parasailing club. We've been meeting at 2 p.m. in Streeter Hall. And I had to get that for like probably two weeks. And I was like, nah, I need to go and change the number. Yeah. So did you have to go around to every single one of those class and say, no, nope, I'm not doing it? <laughs> no, no, no. They probably think I'm, they're probably the ones tweeting about The Bachelor because I never rocked up to, you know, chess theory mm-hmm. 2.0. Yeah, absolutely. Well, apparently, apparently you got away to the U.S., just recently and yeah. went back to your old college. What was that like? To yeah. So I went like during the, um, when the show went to air, I was like, you know what? This is probably the best chance and uh, don't read the, the, the daily mail. Felix escapes to LA. And then there was yeah. another one saying I was looking for job opportunities. And that U- the, US hosting, gigs. US hosting gigs. I was like, God, I can't get one here. Why, <laughs> why am I going to go over there? Um, yeah, I think the, the thing I learned about those sort of, you know, the, all those newspapers and those online publications is a lot of them just totally makes up out of thin air, yeah. but they know you won't sue them because it's not that defamatory. It's not that, yeah. Now there is uh, the online publications are, it's just borderline bullying at this point mm-hmm. uh, with the way that they act. And I, I think something will need to be done about that at some point, the, the blood's going to be on their hands one day when yep. they continue to talk like this about people that are human beings, especially when they know that it's edited. But, um, I've, I've digressed yeah. <laughs> from the, I've digressed from the question as I usually do. Well, I found, I'm just trying to find it now. Oh, no. There was an article that I came across this morning. It was just about 20 minutes prior to you arriving. Uh, Where is it? I'll find it in a sec. But visiting your old college, did you get to experience or watch any basketball? Did that, like, tinker your memories a bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So part of the reason that I went there was because I had some time off and I had no commitments. You know, like, I couldn't really work that much during the show. So I thought, you know what, I'll take this time off and I'll, I'll go 10 days over to Los Angeles and I'll, I'll visit my old college town. Now, it was it was the end of school, so there weren't actually many students there. No, it was, it was uh, MLK Day. Yeah. So it was a public holiday. All the students had gone away because it was a long weekend. But it was great to get back because the school at that point was 7-0. and They're now 10-0, and wow. so they're having a really good year. It was playing Montana, who's my hated, most hated team. Yeah. If you've watched Yellowstone, it's those sort of people. Yeah. <laughs> The, the games in Montana were wild. It was like 6,000 just screaming wow. hicks and, and stuff like that. But went over to watch them and they won. But it was just great because the, the cool thing about these smaller college towns is so much changes, but so much stays the same as well. Yeah. Like there was all the, you know, the people on the score bench were the same and they recognize you as soon as you walk in. The mm-hmm. the the guy who was the assistant in the weight room, which was a bit worrying, he was still the assistant in the weight room six years later. I was like, <laughs> you might want to. <laughs> you might want to move up at this point, but all the fans in the stands were the same and, mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. The, the students change. That yep. all moves on. No students that I was there with were still there, yep. but all the other ones that made that experience so special were all still there. So it was, it was emotional. It was fantastic. And it was, it was just cool. It was at a time where I was being hated for a character on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, I was being hated for a character. And you get on TV. away somewhere where no I one. I get away where no people know people know who I am, yeah, and, and they know that I'm not what was portrayed on TV. So it was cool to just have, you know, everyone there and, and just have a good time, yeah, for a night. So I absolutely loved it. How long did you go for? 
10 days all up. So I just went to school, which got expensive flights, but um, I, I went to Cheney in Eastern Washington just for two nights yep. and Los Angeles for eight. Oh, awesome. How was LA? Oh, fantastic. Any NBA? No, I didn't go to any NBA. I went to a college game. I went to yep. Pe- Pepperdine and St. Mary's to go and see them. I, I know one of the agents over there, so I went to check that game out. But no, the NBA is, I'm not a huge, have you been to an NBA game? No, we're going later in April, but it's a bit lacklustre, to be completely honest, when you watch it on TV. It's up and down yeah. for 40 minutes, and t- until the last few minutes of the last quarter, it's no defense. That's what I mean. And and they, they do the broadcast so well yep. that you you get to see it all. But I think it is cool. Like your first, I remember my first NBA game, which actually happened to be the highest scoring quarter in Lakers history. Wow. It was the one where Swaggy P. Nick Young shot that three, turned yep. around, went yeah. like that, and missed it. It was that game. So it was, it was a memorable game, but that was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And I also went with Dante Exum right before he got drafted. Ooh. So everyone's in there looking like. Looking at Dante. Oh, my God. There's Dante. I'm walking like I'm someone as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's, who's, who's Dante with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, wearing like, I'm wearing like a full Adidas tracksuit and absolutely <laughs> nobody. <laughs> what about AIS? Obviously, 2012, I think it might have been. Yep. AIS with Dante Exum and yep. a couple of other guys. What was that like for you? I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Look, it was at that point, I was really, I was always a hard worker. Yeah. You know, never had a huge amount of natural talent, but I was always a hard worker. And being given a court like that and a facility like that and being able to play against the best kids in the country yeah. was amazing. And then to make it even better, you got Mooseheads Nightclub just down the road. Yeah. God, you, you, you cannot get a better experience. And again, some of the most fun times in my life, still some of my best friends. Like, you know, Dante, Dana, two of my absolute closest friends. So it's that was amazing. There is a funny story on my 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. We were over there for my 18th birthday, and we, this was early on in the piece of being at the AAS, and we were so excited to go. I had my ID ready, finally says I'm 18, cop that most said security, I'm finally getting in. Yeah. I forgot my ID. Dante wasn't 18 at the time, so he couldn't come out. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. So I got I to roll back to the, um, the revolve, you know, the revolving doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, I can't get in because it was after cutoff. We had a curfew. And then oh. we'd have to go out and I'd have to stay somewhere else till morning and then sneak back in in the morning. So I go, I'm like, God, I don't have my idea. What am I going to do? Dante's like, I'll pass it through the, uh, the, revolving, the revolving door. door. <laughs> he goes to pass it through the revolving door. <laughs> His hand gets stuck and it <laughs> drops <laughs> and it's sitting in the middle of the revolving door oh, no. and there's no way we can get it. And I'm just sitting there on the floor looking at it. There's me and Dane <laughs> sitting outside. We're like, oh, what do we do? My 18th ruined. <laughs> what did and you then, end up doing? Oh, we went and got some pizza and <laughs> just hung around. We stayed somewhere else. Yeah, beautiful. But yeah, uh, God, ruined. So I got the article up. It says, Felix von Hof, bachelor, height, age, parents, girlfriend, biography. Oh, girlfriend? Where's, Girl, where's girlfriend, she? Girlfriend, biography, and more. And so you can see that photo right there. Oh, that's it. You know who the guy in the background of that one is? Who's that? Austin McBroom. Have you heard that name yep. before? Yeah, Austin McBroom. He, he played for a year there. Yeah, wow. So Felix von Hof, wiki, biography, Family, real name, Felix Kalau Von Hove. Yeah. So there we go. We've got that there. It's got all your education, career, playing for Australia. Oh, yeah. That twice. experience, twice. Well, people Re- forget that. Repping the green and gold. I like, played, what was that? People forget that I was a good junior. I played bottom age for the under-19 uh, Australian team. Yeah. So it was me, Dante, and a few others. Dante went on to do a little bit better <laughs> than I did post that. I, I, I dropped off and joined a fraternity. Um, yeah, no, that was amazing. The, the world championships were two of the the most enjoyable 
basketball experiences in my life. And and that's the thing when people always make fun of, you know, people always say, oh, basketball player, failed basketball career. It's like, no. Yeah. I didn't have a failed basketball career, you for lack of a better term, fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the most enjoyable time of my life. Professionally, yeah. No, it didn't work out. Yeah. But my entire career as a basketball player was Great. fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely loved every minute of it. And I now have a fantastic relationship with where, basketball. It wasn't one where you struggled through no, or anything you, like that. You, it was... you, you struggled through, oh, I didn't make this team, I didn't get this. So, you know, I spent four years trying to make it at this and I didn't get there. No. I had a huge amount of success throughout it, and, and it was the best thing that I've ever done. My closest friends all come from the basketball community. So when people say that, I sort of laugh. It's like, man, you just sit there and you you, you played Big V for two years, and then you worked as an accountant. Like, yeah. <laughs> good on you, man. Good, yeah. on, good on you. I'll take my failed career any day of the week. Yeah, great job. So Felix von Hoff's social accounts and interview, it says. <laughs> it says, for social media accounts of Felix von Hoff's, follow the links below. And then, because and I, I found this this morning, and I was like, I've got on the phone. I'm going, this is great. Like, what's going on here? And this is like a proper, what's the website called? It's called Fashion Shandigar. Oh, that's, so, that is a reputable source. Yeah. Reputable source. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so your account says, blows the interview of Von Hof with Max Becker, in which, he, <laughs> in which he is sharing his journey as a basketball player. Oh, God. And they've linked it to the YouTube and all that kind of thing. And you oh. can see the big mo. Well, this, and this, saw, one's, this one's going to go viral then, is at least... At least Melbourne. this one, I'm not half cut after the Melbourne yeah. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's get to NBL talk this season. Well, geez, this will be quick. Oh, this season. <laughs> this season. So doing the jump. Yeah. Um, replacing Nat Edwards in a couple of different shows and bits yep. and bobs and things like that alongside Copes, Drury and Kane Pittman. What's that been like? Absolutely love it. Look, the, the jump is a fantastic one. Like the jump is probably the, the best produced you know, Australian we talk Australian sports show. Yeah. I would say sports show in general. When, yep. when we talk about camera quality, you know, zooming in and out, the set, yep. it's probably hard to find because even the footy ones, footy content is king. They don't really need to go all out there with the set design because yep, people, exactly. people are going to watch it anyway. Like some of them, yep. I think it's like first crack and stuff like that. They're just yep. sitting around a podcast desk. Yeah, exactly. And, and credit to them, they don't need to do that because they don't need to spend all that money because the viewers are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. The jump one is, is it looks like an American show. So yeah, I absolutely, that's yep. probably my favorite. And they pay like an American show. So <laughs> <laughs> it, lo- it looks like a, um, what's that? That's the other good thing when you do this sort of stuff. You can still get paid the ex-player money, not the journalist money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just played one year. I bet a lot of people forget we, that. He's a pro basketballer. Yeah, yeah, and people forget that over time. Like I'll tell my kids, I played fifteen years. Yeah, but it was still, all NBL. But you still got that view. Yeah, yeah, but by the time it's uh, by the time that happens, we won't be able to find that sort of stuff on the internet anymore, or all the artificial intelligence and all that sort of stuff. So, what about no. the what about the blonde hair, Felix? Oh, prime days. The, you know what the annoying thing was? I wanted to go back blonde like now. Really? After the show, I was like, you know, I'm going to go back blonde because I can sort of. You know, I can get away with it, but now, I'm like, the last thing I'm going to do with all, all these people coming at me, yeah. calling me a fuckboy, is go, go, go blonde. Is, is go blonde. So that one's on the back burner for a little bit longer, but hopefully, hopefully we'll be back soon. Because And the hard thing about this, I never want anyone else's views to dictate what I do. Yeah. I never want, like, you know, someone, because people are saying these mean things on Twitter, I never want them that to dictate what I do in my personal life. But yeah. you've also got to be smart sometimes and realize, don't give them any ammo. Mm-hmm. Don't give them anything to go with. And I also want to work. So it's like, if, you know, if I'm going for a network job and then someone reads this article, oh, geez, this guy's a 
apparently a fuck boy. And then they look across and I'm standing there with bleach blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> looking like Shane Heal's younger brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the best way to go. No, no. So NBL MVP this season, there's Creek, Cotton and Cooks. Obviously Cooks has got yeah. that one. I was disappointed that Pinder dropped off from that group. It was just sort of had a tough injuries as well. Injuries, yeah. Had a tough finish to the season. But I, I think, look, it's just so hard to go past Xavier Cooks. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that, now it, it goes back to the age-old debate of, is the MVP the one player that you take out of the team It would have the most impact? Yeah. It's sort of like Jokic. You take Jokic out of Denver. He's not the best player in the league or the most exciting, but you take him out of Denver and they're ruined, mm-hmm. absolutely ruined. They wouldn't even make the playoffs, whereas they're a, they're a contender with him in the team. Now, Xavier Cooks only plays about 22 minutes, which I got beef with Chase Buford for that. Yeah. How dare you win almost every game and still play hey, the MVP 22 minutes. It yeah. just shows how smart he is as a coach. He's got those rotations down perfectly. But, you know, Creek plays really, really heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. Cotton plays really, really heavy minutes. And that's why their numbers are a little bit higher. Yeah, that's right. Now, I think if Xavier Cook played those sort of minutes, he would have those same sort of numbers. Extraordinary so, numbers. Extraordinary numbers, like if you do the per 40-minute stats. So I think it's hard with them on top of the ladder and as dominant as they are, it's very, very hard to look past Cooks. As much as I want Mitch Creek to win it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm friends with Mitch Creek, I'd, I'd want him to win it just to reward him having his best, the best season of his career, especially with all the stuff that, you know, people have laid on him. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him win it. He's a, he's a really good man. But, uh, yeah, Xavier Cooks is very hard to look by. He is, isn't he? DPOY, Antonius Cleveland's going for back-to-back. But Shea Ely's in there too, oh, although he hasn't it's... played as many games, but then changes the dynamic. Yeah, the I, I think he go Cleveland there. And Shea Ely's the one where it's – we'll look to, to digress on Shea Ely. You know, what does yep. he do now? Exactly. With his concussion. Yep. I, I think he's had a lot of concussions. And once you get to the point where – you're having concussions and it takes you a month to two months to recover from them. I think, you know, he's a, he's a family man. Yeah. I think you've really got to make that decision on what do you do with your basketball career? And, and that's a tough decision. And no way am I saying, oh, he needs to retire right now. That's his decision. hundred percent. He says, keep playing, go on, go for it. But you know, you'd almost want to see him out there in some sort of helmet or Mm-hmm. Some, some like, you know, is, is there something gear. out there? Yeah, yeah, protective gear that he can wear because the last thing you want is him copping another nasty knock. And it's, you know, it's the way he plays. It's yeah. the reason he's a deep point contender every single year. So he can't change that because that's him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a bit of a tough uh, tough position to be in. Is that the what you've got on that you lent to the kid on Christmas Day? That is. How is that? Even people going, see, that just shows you. This just shows you how nuts Twitter is. People are like, did he... Did that kid get the watch back? Someone sent an email to the NBL complaining about it. Really? This is an expensive watch. What did they complain about? They said, oh, how disgusting. You gave a kid a watch and then he took it back. Like this guy needs to be fired. Absolutely no conscience. But that's what people on Twitter are like. And they just complain and complain and complain. You can give a watch to try on, but you've got to get the watch. You've got to Mate, get your watch back. it's an expensive watch. Yeah, exactly. You have to get the watch it's, back. I'm, I'm taking the watch back <laughs> yeah. by force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, youngin, but that, that is my watch. Yeah, but that, that just shows, like, you'll post, uh, you, you could post this podcast and you've done a great job interviewing and they'll be like, oh, this stupid show. I hate it. And they'll go and rate it one star or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just, that's just how people just are on the Twitter internet. And... and it's a really, really toxic environment. So yeah, I feel like right. it's, Twitter's the worst platform. Twitter's by far the worst. Instagram's pretty good because it's, you know, people are just chilling there, posting their own photos. It's not that bad. Yeah. Facebook is the boomers, yeah. the old people. Yeah. <laughs> That's why face, Facebook is the king of people posting. Like, we always like to say that if you comment on something and don't tag anyone. In the comment. 
in the comment. Like you just comment into thin air, yep. like on a post. There's yep. a post of LeBron and you just you just give your paragraph comment on what you think of LeBron. You're a creep. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is super weird behavior. <laughs> if I comment, if I type something and then tag Max Becker at the end, it's like I'm sending, I'm saying it to you. Yeah. If you're saying it to no one, like there's people giving me like two paragraph rundowns on my character and not tagging anyone. It's like that's that's weird behavior. Yeah. And Facebook <laughs> is just an absolute Facebook is a haven for that. You go there and it's just all these, you know, Karen Smith or it's like two dogs as a profile picture. No yeah, one's yeah. tagged. Yeah. No one's getting tagged. This is entirely a conversation people are having with thin air. Yeah. <laughs> like the admin for the bachelor account is not sitting there going, Oh yeah, geez, that's Ooh, that's oh, interesting on yeah, Felix. Good, good point. Yeah, I think she's right, guys. Like no no <laughs> one's doing that. You are talking to thin air. Yep. So do you watch the episodes yourself when they go to air? No, I, 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 I watch bit, bits and pieces of them because my thing was I, I had such a great relationship with the girls on the show, the guys mm. on the show, and I know how they clip comments in these sort of things. Yeah. And they'll clip you comments didn't want to see that. where I was talking about someone else and they'll clip it to me talking about Jed or something like that. And yeah. I just didn't want to see that because even right now, people would text me and say, hey, I, you know, I didn't actually say that about you or I, like that was taken out of context. And I'll be yeah. like, don't worry, I'm not watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I did watch, um, God, I got some videos on my phone of like Jed's reactions and Tommy's reactions just so we can... You know, I clip yeah. them. I clip them up, and then I send them to the guys and stuff like that. So no, that was the only real bits that I watched. What about behind the scenes footage and things like that? What was working with the whole crew like and the relationships you formed there? Amazing, amazing. Some of these, some of these people have worked on reality TV for so long, and they also get invested in the storylines. Mm-hmm. So they're not meant to talk to you and say anything. But like, there, there was one moment where I let someone go on the show. You know, I yep. didn't give someone a rose. And I get back to the house and all the cameramen were cheering <laughs> and we're so happy because they just happen to not like that person. Yeah. And they can't tell you anything that's happening in the mansion, but sometimes they're filming in the mansion all day. Yeah. So they'll see what's really going on and they're like, oh, we can't tell these guys. Yeah. So that was one of the fun parts of it. The audio guys are like, you know, you're getting audioed for beach dates. They got their hands in your pants and they're, they're getting these yeah. mics up and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So you get good relationships. The uh, makeup ladies are fantastic. They, mm-hmm. they sit there and... There was one makeup lady that was like my general counsel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my psychiatrist during the show. You know, we'd be talking about, you know, stuff that she's doing in her life and all this sort of stuff. And and you, I think you leave the show with probably a better relationship with those people than anyone because yeah. the, the producers and stuff and the, you know, you never see the editors. They're completely separate because they can't have any connection to you. But mm-hmm. the producers have a job to do. Like the producers have to stay locked in. So sometimes you'll say something to a producer and they'll just give you a blank stare back and say nothing. And it's not a bad thing. We just get told it's because they're thinking of, you know, what are they going to ask you in these interviews and what are they yeah. going to do that? They're, they're thinking all the time. Whereas if you're doing the makeup, you can sort of just, you know, you can relax a bit and yeah. and have a chat. Pretty so nice. it was definitely the, the cameraman, audio, lighting and um, you gotta be, be more careful the already. makeup stuff were just oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the lighting guys were great. The lighting guys were fantastic. Absolutely. What about shout, your... out, shout out to Brendan? Yeah. <laughs> for lighting. <laughs> what about your relationship at the moment with Jess? How's that? And yeah. how's that out since obviously it's announced you aren't together anymore and things like that? Yeah, that's totally fine. I, I even sent her a joke yesterday because I decided to, um, for the first time in my life, fire up a hinge profile. And we were sort of talking. I was like, oh, this would be a bit of a joke because people, you know, one of these tabloids will get hold of it. Felix is back on Hinge, blah, blah, blah. What, yeah. a, what a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, every person, man, and their dog's on it as well. Yeah. But one of the captions I had was like, what are you looking for in a woman? And I was like, someone without a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I quickly, I sent a screenshot over to Jess saying, hey, are you fine if I do this? And she was like, yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's totally fine. Like we sort of, when we look back on it, we're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. What on earth just happens through that period? But no, 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 no. Yeah, we're, we're on really good terms. Look, we were on the phone together for, you know, pretty much the whole show in between the show, you know, like we dated for a bit, but it was just the six months of long distance and mm -hmm. the pressures of life and things that go on with it. And you only spend about six hours with these girls across the entire show. Yeah. So it's pretty it's crazy. Very small amount of time, very small amount of time. So it's, you sort of like me and Jess were, we wanted to continue that dating experience outside of the show and, and mm -hmm. see how we were compatible there. We're very real world, realistic about it. And, um, you know, unfortunately it, it, it didn't work, but we're still, you know, really close. Yeah. And that's why I always, I always laughed at the show how they were like, oh, this guy's a player. He's a bit, he cheats on everyone. It's like my ex-girlfriend. Well, there's, there's the producer and he's like, are you a player? And then you're sitting there and you're like, ah, uh, no. Yeah. I was like, ah, uh, no. Like I don't, I was trying to think in my head. I was like, am I a player? Like, well, I haven't really had, you know, I've done like one night stand stuff in the past, but I've never like, I've never played anyone or let yeah, anyone yeah. on. Like I've never done that in my life. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how could anyone be in a relationship with this man? And it was like, well, my ex-girlfriend's my best friend. <laughs> like my ex-girlfriend's my closest friend, the one that I dated for, for a year and a half. That'd be, that's probably a good sign that I'm not the worst human being yep. on earth towards yep. women. Um, and then, you know, I'd never really, part of the reason why I didn't date too much was because I didn't want to lead people on when a relationship wasn't really something that I wanted. So I wouldn't go and lead people out on dates. When I go out on nights out, there was actually a long period of time where people thought that I was gay because I would go out and I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to it. I wouldn't really entertain anything. I would just, I would just go out and always want to be with my group of friends that I was there, which was women included in, the, in that group of friends. But yep. you know, the, I love going out for a night out and just going to sleep alone in my own bed. <laughs> That's what I very much enjoy doing. And so it was weird to see me portrayed as this player. And, and I guess when you, when you look at the actual footage and it's like, I've kissed a girl right in front of everyone, then you can't really argue it. It does look like, yep. it does look like that. So but that was a hard thing, I think, for people that I knew as well. And even like Liz, my ex, uh, you know, people are messaging, how could you be with a guy like this? And it's like, well, he's not like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about, I want to get into sort of to finish off, Felix, the Melbourne United days. Oh, was, yeah. What was that like? The 17, 18 brief. championship. That was, <laughs> it was brief, but it was good. Yeah, it was great. Look, I, I probably picked the best year to play. And I love the guys in that Build team. Build up around John Kane Arena pre-game. Oh, huge, man. It was yeah. like, I feel like they were doing the pre-game entertainment so well there. It was a championship year. I hit the, mm -hmm. and that's what I mean with my basketball career. I hit the jackpot. Mm -hmm. I got to go through people. I still giggle when people regard me as NBL champion, Felix Von Hoff. Like, yeah. I didn't yeah. even get a ring, man. <laughs> I didn't even get a ring. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a special time. And I think it was cool. Like I still have a good relationship with Dean Vickerman. He was there. There's, there's some funny stories that people still have of me faking a hamstring injury because I wanted to go meet Liz yeah. on the Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so obviously the fakest hamstring injury you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And me and Liz were actually in the car and we pull up to the lights and all the guys are walking by the zebra crossing. And I just quickly duck my head down under the thing. <laughs> so there is so many stories from that year. When me and Dave Anderson rolled into the uh, hotel after the game in Adelaide that I had the worst debut of all time and went 0 for 7 from the three-point line in three minutes, we went out after the game. QE rolls in, like, we, we were just out party, enjoying ourselves. QE rolls yep. in just as late as I do. Yep. I'm the one that gets berated. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to go to practice and run and, and all that sort of stuff. And it was, 
yeah, there's a, there's a lot of memories like that throughout the year. So no, we, but it was great. I got good relationships with Chris Golding. All, all the guys that were on that team were fantastic. Absolutely, Felix. Where's it go from here? Obviously, probably down, NBL a, probably down stuff, the car park sports, and then home. <laughs> sports, <laughs> sports bet, NBL, that kind of thing. Oh, probably Love Island. I don't know. Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I wouldn't do another dating show. I would, I would definitely not do a um. A dating show. I'd, would I? I would probably do reality TV again. Yeah. At some point. I look. I really enjoyed the actual process as much as it didn't look like that on screen. I, we had so much fun, mm-hmm. and it, and it was such a good process. And I've got such good friends out of it that I would definitely do it again. But right now, I'm sort of, you know, I've, I've got my own project that I'm going to take some time to do a little satire news mm-hmm. project with a few comedians that I want to um to get going. But you know, the the best thing about now and the era that we live in, it's like you. Mm-hmm. How old are you now? 16. You're 16 years old and you can come in here and you can create your own product. Yeah, that's right. You've created this entire product. And, and that's similar to what I want to do with another thing called the Sherald, which I'll, I'll, I'll sort of post about and launch um, pretty soon. But, you know, imagine you walking in to a radio station saying, hey, I want to, I want to get on radio. Yeah, you, were right. like, you were like 10 when you started yeah. doing this sort of stuff. <laughs> like, There's no way. But now you can create your own content. And it's a really cool era that we're living in that you can do that. So I think I'm going to be doing a lot of that sort of stuff and hopefully – angering more of these online nutters. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I this. I look, and people are always like, don't read the tweets. Don't read the tweets. It's like, no. <laughs> I it's love, funny sometimes. I love reading the tweets. Yeah. I love reading the tweets because you look at the accounts and you look at what, they're just angry people. Yeah, They're just angry people. And, and you know, I, I don't hold too much of a grudge on these, you know, pedestrian TV and all those sort of ones and Mamma Mia because you know what? They they, they work off hatred. That's, that's what they work off. They, yeah. they, they want to post negative articles and you know what? I like reading them about maths. Yeah. So who am I to say don't post them about me about when I'm you. on a TV show? <laughs> so you know what? It's 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 just the way life works and you gotta deal with it. But uh we move on. Absolutely. Felix, thanks so much for joining us today and good luck. Thank you, brother. Everything. Long live the sporting max. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Felix. See you soon on Sporting Max. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.